Today, at the very tender age of 96, Angela Lansbury left the building. She was five days shy of 97. Why are we talking about her? Well, it's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. And my promise and reason for this is because she was an icon. Not just on stage and screen, but on television. If you were born in the 80s, if you remember the 80s, and yes, the music was great, then you remember Murder, She Wrote. Or as my friend says, Murder, She Writ. J.B. Fletcher. Here was three-time Academy Award nominee. Didn't win. We'll get to that. Angela Lansbury. She had done movies. She had done... I mean, she did a movie with Elvis. She did a movie with Judy Garland. She played that very venomous character in The Manchurian Candidate. Remember that? She was in The Portrait of Dorian Gray, which is disturbing. She was in Gaslight, which is so brilliant. Equally disturbing. She was Mrs. Potts in Beauty and the Beast. But... She did something that no other film star from that era did. She had a hit television series called Murder, She Wrote, which took place in the fictional New England town of Cavett Cove, which was really filmed in Mendocino County, Fort Bragg. I know because my family would vacation there and there was (coughs) a chocolate factory. And there they had an autographed picture of Angela Lansbury. Very few people could do what Angela Lansbury did. First of all, she was a five-time Tony Award winning actress. Mame, Life Spirit, Sweeney Todd. I mean, come on. The, the, the plays are endless. It's important that we talk about her because, you know, Turner Classic Movies at that point, when she, so, all of the people, she talks about this in her Oscar speech. And I figure, let's dive to that. By the way, she was nominated 12 times for the Emmy as J.B. Fletcher, never won. That's a fuck fast. She had a very long marriage. Her husband died in 2003. And then she returned to films by way of Emma Thompson and she and Nanny McPhee. And she played um, a very venomous character in that. Funny, though. My personal favorite was Bed Knobs on Broom, in, uh, and Broomsticks. I've always loved films about witches. She played Eglin Price. Oh, my goodness. She's this witch. She's going to witch school. It was such a great film. It was so funny. Such great characters. She had that cat. And remember, she's learning to ride the broom. Now we cut to decades later, and she's on Murder, She Wrote. When you were a kid in the 80s and the late 90s, you knew it was Sunday night because Murder, She Wrote was coming on. And then you hear that music. Very iconic. It's her at the typewriter typing. And she was a a novelist. She wrote murder stories. And, you know, we could say that she was probably better than Hercule Poirot, 
from, you know, Murder on the Orient Express, Death on the Nile, because she always could solve the crime. If you think of this show, The Closer, Kira Sedgwick, you know how she closes that case? J.B. Fletcher, played by Angela Lansbury, she could close that case. And she would piss, she would piss, sorry, um, she would pin together the clues and how they all fit. And then she would say, you know, there's something I don't understand, though. You said that you were at the thing at 5.30. Where did you have time to do that? Because she's closing that case right there. She's getting to the person who did it. It was better than Hercule Poirot. And so for 12 seasons, we were delighted to have Angela Lansbury in our homes. My whole family watched Murder, She Wrote. Or as my friend calls it, Murder, She Writ. (coughs) There were a lot of guest stars on Murder, She Wrote. So, Angela Lansbury also did The Shell Seekers, such a great TV movie, Hallmark. Um, And then she also did... um, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. I'm talking about the original, okay? Not the movie that just came out. Where she is this British woman who goes to Paris because they're going to make a Dior dress for her. And the late Diana Rigg is in it because... And she, she has a very foul, you know, uh, French accent. I love Diana Rigg. I loved all these British actors. Come on, how could you not? But it was in 2013 that after three failed wins... The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences Board of Governors bestowed upon Angela Lansbury an honorary Oscar. And it was presented to her by the late Robert Osborne of Turner Classic Movies. And she gave that speech and she talked about it. How Robert Osborne really was the keeper of her legacy. Because all of the people that she had worked with were gone. Like... George Cukor and John Frankenheimer, you know, and and um, all the stars that she had worked with, Catherine Hepburn and Ingrid Bergman and Charles Boyer, you know. And so <coughs> it's important that we talk about this cultural icon because Angela Lansbury really was a cultural icon. Murder, she wrote. Mrs. Potts in Beauty and the Beast. I'm talking about the cartoon, not the remake. Eglin Price in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. She was, she played, I think she played Elvis's mother in Blue Hawaii. And that, and that's where I, she went to stage because she was playing mothers and she was still very young when she was playing those characters. So I'm going to come back. I'm going to gather some clips as I love to do. And we're going to honor Jessica Fleck. I'm sorry, Angela Lansbury. See, see how that is right there is I, um, I was going to immediately call her Jessica Fletcher because when we think of Angela Lansbury, we think of that character, J.B. Fletcher. She was not only the whodunit, she closed that fucking case. Okay. It was a cultural phenomenon. And in the 80s, I don't know if they still do this, where certain shows would cross over. So at one point, J.B. Fletcher went on to Magnum. 
So it was a crossover episode. Here's J.B. Fletcher and Thomas Magnum. And we'll get to that when I have a, a moment to breathe. Dr. Zeus Film Podcast coming up. Jessica Fletcher, also known as Angela Lansbury, was 60 Minutes Sunday Night Neighbor. And then last year, she moved out. Well, she didn't exactly move out. She was evicted. CBS, in an effort to attract a younger crowd to the neighborhood, decided she was, let's say, demographically undesirable. So Murder, She Wrote moved from its traditional Sunday night slot to Thursday nights. And all hell broke loose. Angela Lansbury was furious. You knew it wasn't going to work. Oh, of course. Of course we knew. Um, it, it amazed us. It surprised us. <laughs> it shocked us. We could have told them that Sunday night can never be any, anything other than a family night, because it has been for all these years. Murder, She Wrote broke a lot of records. It was the highest rated drama series for nine consecutive seasons. 43 other shows went against it and were clobbered. And to millions of adoring fans, Angela Lansbury became Jessica Fletcher. She's a feisty broad, much more so than I am. She's nosy and she's perceptive, far more perceptive than I am. It sounds like you really um, determined who she was. It wasn't the the people who, who wrote the scripts. You decided the woman's character. They gave me the outline, absolutely did. They filled her in to a certain extent. But I find that male writers as a whole don't know how to write women. Therefore, you, you have to put that in yourself. And uh, I did, I used to fight and squabble and, and, and get on their backs about writing her as a real person. Sorry, I didn't get this back to you sooner, Seth. But... She was athletic. She was fun. She wasn't a prude. She was outgoing. She was private. She was everything. Did you think that you were becoming a role model for older women in this country? I realized it when I pulled myself together, lost quite a lot of weight, started dressing Jessica in a more stylish way, that women were beginning to watch what I was wearing and were excited by the fact, knowing my age, that I had managed to bring this off. And you were... And so we're back, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, honoring Angela Lansbury, who died today at 96 years old. She was five days shy of her 97th birthday. I had uh, attempted to do this earlier, and Anchor, if you're listening, please fix this, because there are other platforms I could go to. Anyway, we are honoring Angela Lansbury. Murder, She Wrote is what made her really well-known. Gotta keep in mind that she had been doing movies since 1944 and stage since the 1960s. Here she is doing what she did best as Angela Lansbury, closing the case. Hannibal threatened to make my embezzlement public unless I allowed him to rape the lock and plan to cover his own excesses. At the party I paged him, I told him to meet me in the bower and I would sign our deal there. I took the express elevator down, giving myself plenty of time to prepare. When I heard Ernie Fishman coming, 
I had everything off, except the mask. I panicked. I didn't notice until later. But then I realized that you, Jessica, must have seen it at the party. The piece of mosquito netting caught on my pin. I told myself that I was temporarily borrowing to cover those business losses I told you about. With my signature on Amalgamated's acquisition of the store, I would have Hollywell's five million to reimburse the pension fund. Hollowell had bigger ideas. Yes. He would have destroyed the pension. Destroyed the financial security of the very people who had given this store its name. Jessica, you okay? Thanks for coming, Al. Miss Poulos, Mr. Larkin? Floyd will want to talk to you about the murders of Henry Wilson. So our journey is continuing. <laughs> Good afternoon, madame. <laughs> will you not join me for a little refreshment? This marvelous little man here has just made me the most extraordinary concoction out of native fruit juices. It's called a golden sebek and is named after the god of the ancient city of Crocodilopolis. <laughs> Sometimes I do take the hair of the dog, but never the scale of the crocodile. Please! <laughs> well, and how are you getting along with your investigation of this tragic affair, Monsieur Porridge? Oh, normal, no, madame. Normally, as they say. Oh, the cream passionnel. The primitive instinct to kill. So closely allied to the sex instinct. <laughs> I have every sympathy for that poor half-crazed Jackie. Her emotions are a turmoil. Her hot Latin blood raging to be avenged on the woman who stole her man. Yes, of course, but it, it, uh, it could have been someone else with a motive at least as good. Oh, who? You, Madame Atterborn. What are you talking about? Oh, come, come. Both your daughter and you know that you cannot libel the dead. Now you will never have to pay those huge damages she was asking for. Yes, but one would hardly kill for that. Would one not? Well... Here, here, another golden what have you. You know, Mrs. Otterborn, it is you that I can see looking into the saloon through the windows at that, as you put it, poor half-crazed Jacqueline shooting Monsieur Dorton. And then, when everyone has gone, running in to take up the girl, and then stealing forth to kill Madame Doyle. No! My world is the world of grand love and passion and romance, not grubby murders. If you'll please leave me alone. Well, if we have disturbed you, we are both desolate. Oh, life can be so cruel. One must be brave, very brave, to bear the calumnies of life. Here, Barman! This crocodile has lost its crock. That's Angela Lansbury in Death on the Nile. Everyone was in Death on the Nile. Betty Davis, Maggie Smith. In fact, Angela Lansbury honored Betty Davis with her Kennedy Center honor uh, right before she died in the 1980s. She did a lot of TV movies, including The Shell Seekers. I still feel like a little girl. A woman with treasured memories. Oh, I used to collect shells like that when I was a child. That's what the sea reminds me of. Some special sort of happiness. A mother with troubled children. You have so much going for you. Why do you always want me? 
You could have brought you hanging in your house, Mother, and we didn't know. They're much too valuable anymore to keep. Like the paintings and things are mine. I must decide what I'm going to do with them. She is looking for her lost dreams. I'm searching for something, my darling. I don't know what it is, but I do know that it isn't here. But to find the happiness she seeks. I'm going to make a journey. I'm going back. I don't know why, but I simply must. She must give up the things she loves. Now, what do you think that I could get for these? What about your family, your grandchildren? How can you stand there and happily give away their inheritance? They're grown now. Let them go. It's not what they want. Well, forget what they want. To give herself the greatest gift of all. To make my own decisions, to live my life as I see fit. The greatest gift you could give them is your own happiness. Angela Lansbury, Sam Wanamaker, and Irene Worth, The Shell Seekers, from the Hallmark Hall of Fame. So see, Angela Lansbury really just did it all. She did it all. And, um, but also, she conquered Broadway. She conquered Broadway. And uh, I've always said I love the film Anti-Mame. Here we go. A wonderful interview with Christiane Amanpour. And of course to our children, she's Miss Eglantine Price, the main protagonist in the Disney classic Bedknobs and Broomsticks. And now Lansbury's fans are spellbound again, bringing the role that she played on Broadway back in 2009 here to London's West End, that of an eccentric clairvoyant in Noel Coward's Blythe Spirit. I spoke to Dame Angela Lansbury at the Gielgud Theatre. It's her first time back on the London stage in 40 years. And though she opened last week to rave reviews, as usual, she's also had to work through unbearable personal pain to get here. Angela Lansbury, welcome to our program. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. It's a great pleasure. Blythe Spirit is fabulous. You have so much stamina. Where does it come from? Uh, That's a $24,000 question, truthfully. I don't know. But when you see these amazing reviews, how old are you? 88. I mean, it's incredible. I saw you on that stage. You stole the entire show. Oh, I hope not. Everybody's saying <laughs> no, no, that. Everybody's Coward Revival st- uh, stays young at heart thanks to Blythe Spirit Lansbury. Dame Angela making it look effortless at 88. Lansbury makes a spirited return to her old <laughs> horn. It's great. It is lovely, isn't it? It's lovely. <laughs> I'm thrilled to death. No, it's marvellous to, to get that kind of recognition in Britain after all these all these years, you know. And, and what uh, do you like about this play, Blythe Spirit? I love, I love Coward. I love the humour. I love the language. I love the appearance of this woman. I love all of her nonsense and carry-on. I and think the, it's such fun. You have played an enormous number of roles. You've had many awards, many nominations. Plus, we have an amazing clip from The Manchurian Candidate where you pay, played a baddie to perfection. We're mm-hmm. just going to play that. Mm-hmm. I want the nominee to be dead about two minutes after he begins his acceptance speech, depending on his waiting time under pressure. How did you become, from a young girl to Angela Lansbury, the film star? Well, because 
as we say in the in the in the business, the movie parlance, the break. You know, where was I? I was working in a department store actually, getting eighteen dollars a week. You know, and and kind of making change as a cashier and, and all kinds of little me medial jobs of that sort. And I had been a drama student in Britain before I ever went to America. So I was prepared, I was ready to be a, an actress and I wanted to, to, to get a, a part, either in a play or a movie or anything, just to, to exercise my talent. What was it? If you have your bags with you, you can start immediately. Thank you, sir. They're downstairs, sir. Then everything is arranged. Your wages will be £16 a year. Yes, sir. I understand all right, sir. Oh, just one more thing. I don't want you to bother your mistress about anything, ever. If you have any questions, just come to me. Yes, sir. That'll suit me, sir. Well, then you'll remember it. Your predecessor did not. That's why she left. It may seem a little unusual, but your mistress is inclined to be rather highly strung. Oh, Elizabeth, come in. This is Elizabeth, the cook. Hello. You'll find that she's a little deaf. Hello. Oh, Elizabeth, this is our new housemaid. I was explaining her duties to her. She'll be down in a moment. Very good, sir. I'll see you downstairs. She's a tartar, ain't she? What do you mean by that? Oh, you know, strict lark. I'm not going to sleep in the same room with her. See the way she looked at me. Don't you think perhaps your costume might have something to do with it? What's the matter with it? Well, it's a little, shall we say, loud. I hope you're not a flighty girl, Lucy. My name's Nancy, sir. Oh, I'm sorry, Nancy. Are you? I don't think so, sir. I'm glad to hear that. Your mistress is very particular about everything being very correct. Is she, sir? Yes. And so am I. Oh, Paula. This is our new housemaid. Oh, how do you do? I'm all right, ma'am. You can go now, Nancy. Very good, sir. So Angela Lansbury was a teenager when she played opposite Charles Boyer and the effervescent Ingrid Bergman in Gaslight. And she went on to receive an Oscar nomination, one of three, for that. Here's one of my favorites, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. I received your message, Mrs. Hobday. I assume that my parcel has arrived. It's in the office. Ah, oh, lovely. Who is that? Miss Price, splendid woman. Her late father served with me at Beamy Ridge. What's she burning this thing? It smells a bit like sulfur. Ridiculous. One can't make motor fuel out of sulfur. Here we are. Another object from Professor Amelius Brown in London. Thank you. Is it what you expected? I imagine so. Uh, Professor Brown sent you a cap last time, did he not? Yes. Professor Brown is well? I haven't the faintest idea. Are we to have the pleasure of meeting him? 
I very much doubt it. I don't know Professor Brown personally. Was there something else? As a matter of fact, there is. Would you come this way, Miss Price? Well, I'm very anxious to get home, you know. Come along, please. Get down, Children, this is Miss Price. Carrie Charles and Paul Rawlins, all the way from London. How do you do? How are you, Miss? The government are trying to evacuate as many children as possible into the country. Very sensible. Uh, today they sent us 45, and I've had to find homes for all of them at very short notice. These are the last three. All right, children, pick up your things. You're not suggesting that I should take these children into my house? Exactly. Oh, I'm sorry, but that's quite out of the question. Children and I don't get on. I believe you, miss. Come on, back to London. Hooray! Be quiet. Besides, I have work to do. Very important. Uh, miss Price, you do have that entire house to yourself. And according to the order of the Ministry of Civil Defence, you have no choice. I see. Very well, if that is the case, I shall take them into my house with the understanding that you find a more suitable home as soon as possible. Fine. Come along. Hello, I'm Angela Lansbury, and I play... One power ruled it all. Black Adam. There's no one on... It's right up my alley. You know, I am the... Hello, I'm Angela Lads. I played Mrs. Potts in Beauty and the Beast. To play a teapot? It's right up my alley. You know, I am the, the tea waller of all time, and uh, therefore to be a teapot just made sense to me. <laughs> it's got a wonderful human quality. Here you have a lovely young woman who, for, for reasons only known to herself, falls in love with this monster. And he is so lovable, and so you sort of understand why. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. What, a, what an incredible moment. Gosh, what an 11 o'clock number. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, when I, when I was first asked by the Academy who, who I would like to introduce me, uh, I thought carefully and I... I came to a conclusion that the one person who, who really knew about my early work was Robert, Robert Osborne. <laughs> I mean, so many, so many of the legendary directors and producers who gave me such incredible opportunities in film, they were long gone, you know. I, I was still around. But thanks to Turner's classic movies and Robert, those, those great films are shown and studied and discussed by students everywhere, as well as seen by a huge general audience. So 
thank you, TMC, and thank you, Robert, for keeping me alive all these years. <laughs> Emma, bless your heart. Aunt Adelaide was a wonderful moment for me because I had sort of pulled out completely of everything when my darling husband, Peter, died. And you, by inviting me to play the dreaded Aunt Adelaide, you, you simply helped me get back on track. And I, I am incredibly indebted to you for that. You know, during the long course of my career in film and television and theater, I have known and, and worked with the very best of their time. You know, Ingrid Bergman, that beautiful, lovely woman. Betty Davis, crazy, wonderful dame. Kate Hepburn, oh, you know. I, I give her credit, really, for getting me into the part. She, she really got me the part in uh, State of the Union. I, I don't think I ever would have got it without her help. And, you know, people like Orson Welles and Laurence Olivier and Frank Sinatra and Paul Newman and Spencer Tracy, uh, James Earl Jones, who I've just completed a six-month tour of Driving Miss Daisy in Australia with, which was a fantastic experience. <clears throat> and I must tell you, I even had coffee in the MGM commissary with Clark Gable. <laughs> That's as far as it went, you understand. I mean, I don't... But we were on the lot together. I once saw him driving down to Sunset Boulevard, I'll never forget, in a dark brown Mercedes convertible. I never got over it. And when I could afford it, I got the same car in dark brown <laughs> and drove it for years until it was stolen. Um, <laughs> but how would I have even begun my career in Gaslight? without the belief of the great directors of that time, in that, in that case, of course, George Cukor, or Arthur Lewin and the picture of Dorian Gray, or been given the incredible role of Mrs. Iceland and the Manchurian Candidate by the great John Frankenheimer, whose widow is here with me tonight. Bless her heart. And I'm so proud that she is. I just couldn't top that role. So I took off for Broadway and musical comedy by way of Stephen Sondheim's Anyone Can Whistle and Jerry Herman's Maine. Now, movies have, take, movies have taken a bit of a back seat since then, except, of course, for Darling Mrs. Potts and Eglantine Price. But in 1984, I came back to Universal uh, City and uh, I stayed around for 12 years and played Jessica Fletcher in Murder, She Wrote. The, the interesting thing is that Murder, She Wrote has given me more worldwide attention than any role I ever played in movies or on the stage. And it's a wonderful thing to be known in, you know, in Spain and Portugal and Paris and France and Germany and everywhere. And, uh, you know, to have a whole kind of a worldwide career. That's what television does for you if you have a hit show, and we did. You know, you can't imagine how happy and proud, indeed, I feel really undeserving of this gorgeous golden chap. And I, I want to thank the governor's honorary Oscar from the Academy tonight. And to be here in the company of my beloved family and friends, 
instead of sitting shivering with hope and then disappointment in Grauman's Chinese theater in the 1940s and 60s. Yeah, sharing this, <laughs> this wonderful occasion with me tonight are my twin brothers, Edgar and Bruce Lansbury, who traveled with me and our mother, Moyna, to this great country as evacuees from England in 1940, and my sons, Anthony and David, and my darling daughter, Deirdre, and my wonderful grandchildren, Peter, Catherine, and Ian. Let me tell you, it doesn't get much better than that. Thank you. So that was nine years ago that Dame Angela Lansbury received finally her Academy Award, given to her by the Board of Governors in 2013. She was born Dame, well, no, she wasn't a Dame yet, Angela Bergrid Lansbury on October 16th, 1925. She died today at the age of 96. She was five days shy of her 97th birthday. And it was her mother, Moyna McGill, who got her into the film industry. And for that, we are forever grateful. She was in the Harvey Girls with Judy Garland. She was Elvis's mother in Blue Hawaii. I mean... You know, she was Lawrence Harvey's mother and uh, Manchurian candidate. And she really, she had grown tired of playing these mothers and went off to Broadway. And I thought, you know what, let's play a little bit of, you know, the, she did Mame. Mame is mostly singing. She also did a legendary film, uh, Broadway play by Stephen Sondheim that uh, later uh, Johnny Depp turned into a movie. Todd, the demon of Barber Street, <laughs> or Fleet, was it Fleet Street? We've always loved Angela Lansbury. I mean, she did Mame. She did, you know, she did everything. And I and I loved her on um, when she did interviews such as this. Accomplished actresses of our time, please welcome the incomparable Angela Lansbury. How are you? Well, <laughs> of 
after that introduction, I'm great. How could I be otherwise? Well, it's all true. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but anyway, thank you. No, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of yours. Ah, and I of yours. Oh, well, that's I'm so, so sweet proud of you. of you for doing this show. Thank goodness somebody did a wonderful job. Oh. That's so sweet. I mean it. I really mean it. And you know I don't watch daytime television. You right? don't watch daytime TV? Well, no, I'm no, but I watch you now. Really? Oh, you, know, you know it. You never watched it at all. You weren't ever. Never. No, I thought it was unholy to turn the television set on before five o'clock news. Really? Yes, well, no, I'm not really. I mean, what I mean is that I was always too busy. Yes. Always shooting something. Yeah. Well, or you, someone. you never stopped working. You took <laughs> oh, someone. You took a brief time off to, and you took your kids back to Ireland to raise them, right? Uh -huh. Little sort of little time, but you've been working non-stop your entire career yes that's very true it's very very true and I, I mean it really is like 50 years it's unbelievable isn't it to think really? that <laughs> so I wanted to just play that you know to, everyone loved Andrew Lansbury I mean there wasn't really you know anyone out there who disliked her according to what I read her first husband was gay and they remained good friends and then she married the gentleman that she would have children with, and that was Peter Shaw. And they were married from 1949 to 2003. And then she came out of uh, that moment uh, to do uh, Nanny McPhee with Emma Thompson. So what a long career. 70, oh geez, 78 years in film, stage, and television. If you grew up in the 1980s like I did, you remembered Sunday nights up until the point that CBS took it away from her or Murder, She Wrote night. You knew that it was Sunday because Murder, She Wrote was on. Or as my friend calls it, Murder, She Writ. <sighs> so 96 years, 97 though, of the, the great Angela Lansbury, who this year received... Um, an honor from the Tony Awards and wasn't able to attend. And, and that's when I think many of us knew that um, things had happened. The last film that Angela Lansbury did was in fact a very legendary film. And when I saw her in it, I thought, oh, here we go. No, we would like some of your very finest balloons, please. That you shall have. But choose carefully, my dearie ducks. Many have chosen the wrong balloon. Be sure to choose the one that's right for you. Which balloon would you like, Georgie? Um, why don't you go first, sir? Me? <laughs> Those days are long behind me. I don't think I've held a balloon since I was a child. And you've forgotten what it's like. To hold a balloon. To be a child. That was Mary Poppins Returns. And I believe that was Angela Lansbury's final role. So from all of us at the, Do at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, rest in peace, Miss Lansbury, and as always, unpleasant dreams. <laughs>